hovering over this for the last few weeks, and uh, I've been trying to work out, okay, how do I, how should I come about this morning? Uh, what part should I, I talk about for myself? I love this whole concept of land of the dreamer. And one of my favorite verses is one of those ones that I, I used uh, in uh, tithes and offering, which has, you know, through much activity, a dream is fulfilled, basically. And um, I, I love that because when it comes to dreaming, I, a dream is great, but there actually has to be something that comes out of the dream. It is good to dream, but every now and then you actually have to put action to that dream. I love looking at kids and the way that they can dream their imagination. And as we get older, we start to lose that edge. I don't know, has anyone lost that edge of being able to dream? I look at my four-year-old kid and the way that he can dream with his eyes open. I don't know about you, you look at any kid and, and they can almost dream with their eyes open. They can walk into a room with probably a cardboard box and a pencil and it is like Christmas. Well, actually, no, no, you can have Christmas and all the toys in the world and the cardboard box is the thing. It, it is like a, they can dream and they can take that thing and turn it into anything they want. They have this amazing ability to dream something up and then live out their dreams. Who knows that sometimes when we get older, that isn't quite the case. For some of us sitting here, it's like we've had dreams, but reality's hit. Some people, reality hits a little bit harder than others. And so as reality starts to hit us, we start to cease dreaming of what God actually has for our life. And I, I believe this, is that when we stop dreaming for what God has for our life and what He's called us to do, we sometimes cease to exist in His purposes. Let that sink in. It is that sometimes we just think, we, it's like we go into a survival mode. And I'll be honest, you know, sometimes having four kids, sometimes it's like survival. We watch the show Survival. Sometimes I think my house is survival. You know, those things take place and it's like all these things, reality hits and, and sometimes we're just in this moment of just trying to survive. Is that just me? Well, Sam, you're lifting our faith this morning. But I, I think sometimes we just need to go back to that place of a four-year-old and drink. I find when I get to a stage where reality is starting to hit at me, where things are starting to yell at me, I need to just go back and dream again. And you can tell the ones that dream again. You can tell by the life that they have, by the words that they speak. And so this morning I want to talk about living in the land of the dreamer. I want to take it back to Genesis 2-3. I, I, I love this. It's because at the end of the day, God is our creator. And when we read this, it says, And God blessed on the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, 
Let me read from this one. Because on it, he rested from all the work and the creating that he had done. If we go to the next one, Genesis 2.4. It says, this is the account of the heavens and the earth. When they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Next one. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. I want to take those two scriptures first. Is that when I read Genesis and I read the first one, it says to me that God created everything. He created and then rested. But I love in 127, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created I read that, and to me, it tells me who God is. But more than that, it tells me who man is designed to be. Is that if we were created in the image of God, and I believe this, is that the image of God isn't just a physical attribute. I think it's spiritual, it's natural, it's the whole package. And I believe that if we're made in the image of God and God created, then God designed us to create as well. Is that each and every one of us are designed to create something. Each and every one of us are designed. You look at it, man makes a grass hut. He creates a grass hut. Then all of a sudden he advances and he creates a skyscraper. You know, sometimes you go and you stay in some of these buildings and and we love going to the Q1. We've got a friend with an apartment there. We go to the Q1 and I remember taking Carolina's dad once and we get high up. We get about the 70, what is it, fourth floor or something like that, somewhere there. And and we're there and when you're in these buildings, they sway. But but I, I love taking him because he's scared of heights. And if you've ever been in these places, there's windows all the way around and he's like this, like the window's there and he's like, like he's like 10 feet away from the window, but he's not going near that thing. But I, I believe this is that we're designed to create. We're designed to look at things and work out, okay, what, what can we do? Some things have been useful while other things, not quite. Well, let's have a look at these things. The PC, not quite useful. Mac, very useful. Samsung? iPhone? Then we rest our case. But, you know, sometimes man creates things that are, are useful, but I believe that all things that we create are really given by God. He first gives us a dream. I believe as a church, God has called us to create an environment people can experience Jesus. I believe this, the church is called to create an environment where people can experience the Holy Spirit and come to know Jesus. Does no one else believe that? I believe that's what we're called to do. 
We are called to create an environment where people come to meet Christ. God has put you and I here to create that environment. We are here to bring a brighter future to those around us. We are here to bring a bigger future, a God-ordained future that people can step into. I believe this is that when we step into any environment, we are to bring God to that environment. When you step into your workplace, you are to bring God into your workplace. When you step into your home, God is with you. We are here to, cre- to create an environment where people can meet God. And what I mean by this is not an environment that will repel them. Don't step into your workplace and start preaching to your boss. He might dock your pay. But through who you are and the way you express your Christianity, the way you go above and beyond like the call of Christ is upon your life, your light will shine and you'll be promoted and you'll be asking, what's going on? What is this thing? Why are you always a little bit further ahead than everyone else? Why do your, why do your things just get over the line? Why do you sell more than others? Why do you... Get it done in a quicker time. What are those? It's like you're blessed or something. Yeah, I am. Do you want to know more? Let them ask questions. We're here to bring a better future. For all of us here, God has a purpose and a future beyond what we could ever imagine. And this is what I love. That's where it starts. In your imagination. It's where it starts in our imagination. Is that I believe this, in dreaming you conceive the future. In dreaming we conceive a future. Before an idea comes forth, is it conceived in a dream or vision? We look at these things. Martin Luther King, he had a dream that all men would be equal no matter the color of their skin. It started with a dream first. Yeah, yeah, but I'm no Martin Luther King. Okay, then what about Reinhard Bonnke? He's still breathing today. Back in um, 1967, he had a dream that he would go and evangelize Africa. In 1967, he went out of Bible college. He came out of Bible college, out of the German nation, went into Africa and started his first crusade. In 1967, he had just on 100 people turn up. Today, when he holds crusades all through Africa, he has millions turn up. It had to start somewhere, and his dream was, you know what, a blood-washed Africa. That the name of Jesus will be lifted up over that nation. Yeah, yeah, but I'm no Reinhard Bonnke. Well, that's fine. That's all right. How about one of my favorites is this guy by the name of Albert Hamilton. And I've used this story a number of times of a guy. Is that Albert Hamilton began his work in 1933. He began in Kent in England. And when he started there, he started in a Sunday school. 
And at that Sunday school, 80% of the kids that came to that Sunday school were from non-Christian homes. Just started with kids. When he died in 1977, 80% of the kids that came to his Sunday school were from Christian going homes. 14 years later. Yeah, but I'm no one that, but what's in your hand? Sometimes we think a dream has to be this thing where we change a nation. Well, how about we change the ones and twos around us? Albert Kent spent 14 years in the one place, just inputting into young kids. Just inputting into the individuals that went around. I love this place and through much activity, a dream is accomplished. But right now, we have Albert Hamilton's downstairs. We have kids leaders downstairs imparting into our young kids. We have ones and twos downstairs teaching them the word of God. Loving them, showing them the grace of God. On Friday night, we have Albert Hamilton right here, Josh Drew, Esther. Week in and week out, the ones and twos coming through this place. Is that sometimes it just starts with a dream, and then through a dream comes the activity. I know this is that in dreaming, you create something out of nothing. It's you create something out of nothing. The only limitation that we'll ever put upon ourselves is our imagination. Is that God gives us this thing called our imagination and he says, you know what, how about you just dream? How about you open your word? And I love opening the word of God because as soon as I open it, he starts to pour and he starts to tell me, he starts to let me dream of what he could do. What could be possible? Through faith, all things are possible. But somehow we've lost the ability to dream. We've lost the ability to see what could be. I love what Phil Baker says. He says, when my external world drives me more than the dreams that are within me, I cease to be in charge. Who's ever felt like that? I love it. At a young age, you know, you, you, you step out of university, you have a dream, you're like, I'm going ch- to see what takes place, but then all of a sudden, life takes you on. Your external world starts driving you, the bills start yelling at you, the family starts crying, they need to be fed, the car won't start, those things start yelling at you. And when that starts, I think sometimes we just need to step back Take a breath, open our word, check the promises that God has for you, and then start again. You'll still have all those things yelling at you, but sometimes we just need to take a break. Oh, yeah, but Sam, you don't have my life. Well, no, I don't. I've got my own. That's enough to control. You just need to step back, take account, take check. God, give me the ability to breathe again. Give me the ability to breathe 
again. I find in my life is this, is that God will speak to me in that moment where I take a break. You know, that moment where you push yourself right to the end. You feel that you're there. You feel that you're on the edge. You feel you're tired. You're there. You're like, but then all of a sudden what I find is if I say, Carolina, I'm checking out. She's like, what are you doing? I'm checking out. I go. I lie down. And God speaks to me. It doesn't happen often. But I'll take those moments when the world is screaming to get back and find the dream that God has for our life. In dreaming, you create something out of nothing. I love it. This place started with a dream. Where you sit today, dreams are contagious. They change the world. It can make your heart beat faster. Keep your mind active at night while others sleep. I lay in bed at night. And maybe it is just me. Hopefully it's someone else in this room. But who goes to bed at night and your wife tells you to be quiet? It's like I'm not even speaking. I'm just laying there. And she nudges me and she's like, can you be quiet? Sometimes when we go to these things, is when a dream starts, you start to be far, you, your passion starts to go, and you, you can't help but be consumed by the things and the dream that God has put in your heart. A dream, a God-given dream will keep you up at night. A God-given dream isn't just about yourself, it's about those around you. And I suppose this is the difference, is that a lot of people have a dream to just get stuff. I believe a God-given dream isn't just to get stuff, it's to be a blessing to others. A God-given dream is not just for yourself to live in blessing, it's for others around you to live in blessing. I look at God's dream for our life. His first dream was this, is that we could have a relationship with Him. So He sent His Son to die for us so that He could fulfill that dream of having a relationship with you and I. So when I see God's dream and I hear God's dream about that, to me that says, what are my dreams? Because if my dreams aren't really about a relationship with God and a relationship with others, then I doubt that it's actually a God dream at all. Whoa. That just blew entitlement out of the water. Think about it. I believe this, is that God does give people a dream to be actors. I believe this, that God does give a dream for people to be great athletics. I, I believe that God gives a dream for people to be great accountants, to be great um, entrepreneurs, to be all those things in society so that they can be an influence for others to come into a relationship with God. Let me clarify that. is that a God-given dream will always pull you out of your comfort zone to do something 
beyond yourself. For me, I lie awake at night and it comes to these things is, is it, how can I unmistakably influence my world for good and for God? Is it everything that I do, I think along those lines of, Lord God, will my life make an impact? I believe this is the desire of everyone's heart is that we all want to make some sort of change in this world. But the question is, is how? Whenever I come to do something, is that I will never ask, can I? I'll always ask the question, how can I? Do you notice the difference? A lot of people, will they'll go somewhere and they'll say, can I do this? And you'll either get an answer, yes or no. But if you ask the question, how can I do this? You'll never accept no for an answer. If God has laid it upon your heart, you'll always find a way. You will always find a way. And so for some of us, it needs to be the way in which we ask, the way in which we come across these desires and these dreams that God puts upon our life. If we're going to walk into what he has for us, I believe everyone's dreams, everyone dreams of making a contribution to this world. And right now, I see in this place the amount of people making that contribution. The amount of people involved. The amount of people loving upon people. The amount of people seeing young people discipled in this house. Worshipping God, creating an atmosphere so we can come in with faith and lift up the name of Jesus. Creating. I love what John F. Kennedy said. He said, the problems of the world cannot be possibly solved by skeptics or cynics whose horizons are limited by the obvious realities. We need men who can dream of things that never were and ask, why not? And ask, why not? When was the last time you asked why not? Why not? Josh, why not? Why can't this place be full of teenagers on a Friday night worshipping God? Why not? Young people, if you ask that question, why not? Why can't this place be full of people on a Sunday morning worshipping the name of Jesus? Why not? Why not? It's just asking the right thing, coming with the right solutions. God calls each and every one of us to make a difference. I love Matthew 28, 19. It says this, Go to the people of all nations and make them my disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why not? Why not? It's a little bit uncomfortable here. You might actually have to do something. Why not? At church today, we have a group of people that have come together with a dream in their hearts to create an environment where we can experience the Holy Spirit 
and encounter Jesus. And encounter Jesus. And I'll finish on this. A dream is a vision of the future that produces passion. A dream is a vision of the future that produces passion. This is when a dream becomes dangerous. This is where a dream becomes dangerous. Is that we start to talk about it and then we start to act it. Because I love what Phil Baker says. He says, love and destiny go hand in hand. We are wired both with purpose and passion. When we discover one, we will find the other. Have you discovered... Have you discovered your purpose? Have you discovered your passion? Has God given you a dream of what he's asked you to do? For some of us, have we put that dream just on the shelf? Have we thought, you know what, I'm past the use-by date, it can just sit there. But I'll tell you what, I don't think there is a use-by date. I look at Joshua taking the Israelites into the promised land. And if you read the story of Joshua, is that he goes in with the twelve to spy out the land. He comes back. Ten say, no, we can't go. Joshua and Caleb say, you know what? That land is good. Let's go. And so they decided to listen to the voice of the ten doubters, the ones that were in fear and tremble of who were in the promised land. And no one entered. But a few years later, 40 Years later, Caleb and Joshua get their chance. Where were the other ten? Dead and buried in the ground. At the age of 70, they headed into the promised land. I don't believe there's any use by date. I don't believe there's any time where God cannot use you. It's actually within your heart whether you want to be used by God. And speak life into the dreams that he's put in your, hand, in your heart. I love Psalm 39.3. It says, my heart grew hot within me. And as I meditated, the fire burned. And then I spoke with my tongue. The power of your words. When something starts to stir in your heart, you can't help but share it. You start to speak it into being. I love God spoke and the world was created. Yeah, he spoke and there was light. He said, let there be light and there was light. Sometimes I think we doubt the power of our own words. We doubt the power of our own words. Proverbs. It says the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. Your words have power. I look at this scripture, I look at this verse right here and it says, parents, your words have power to who your kids become. Well, I wouldn't want to put any pressure on them. You know what, have you ever seen a kid they hang off every word their parents say. 
They hang off every word their grandparent says. They hang off every word that, is, that whoever's older than them says. Is that the words that I speak to my kids will either devastate them or build them up. A lot of our kids are looking for affirmation. And the power of our words and who God has called them to be is dependent upon us. And this is another thing, is that I believe God gives us a dream. And as parents, he gives us a dream as well on how our family should look and how they should grow. And in that dream, our tongue and the way we share that dream and the way we, we, we put that into action into our little ones comes down to us. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Are you speaking life or are you speaking death? Are you speaking hope? Are you speaking despair? What are those words that you speak over those ones that are looking to you? The power of our words. Your words create your world. The power of your confession. This morning, what are the dreams that God's put in your heart? For some of us in this place, we've lost the dreams that God has. If I get the keys back up, that'd be great. And we've run out of time this morning, but really I want to ask you, is that I look at the life of Joshua. And Joshua, he stepped into the promised land. But there was one thing that was said to him. Is that an angel came and... and spoke to him about entering into the promised land. And he made this statement. He said, be bold, be strong, for I am with you. And I believe God says that to each and every one of us today. Is that when he puts a dream or a purpose within your heart, he says this, he says, be bold, be strong, for I am with you. Be bold, be strong, just do it, some translations say. That's what I love about God is that he puts a dream on your heart and then he says, work it out. He doesn't actually give you a plan. Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. But in my life, it's like, yeah, there's the dream, go for it. But there's one thing that I've actually come to learn is that the journey is the dream itself. is that some of us are trying to accomplish things, are trying to grab things, but in turn, we actually miss the journey. And for me, I've come to this realization, is that God does give me a dream. He gives me the ability to achieve the dreams, but in turn, the dream is actually just living it out. And when you actually come to that realization, you don't start striving for everything. You just start living. And this morning, I I know this, is that God's dream is that everyone would have a relationship with Him. 
And as a church, we are called to his dream, and that's relationship. As a church, I believe the dream of this church here is to see transformation around people's lives. And the only way that is achieved is through relationship with God and relationship with others. It's a vertical relationship and it's a horizontal relationship. The dream is that we will influence our world for good and for God. And I look at that dream, it's not a numeric dream. It's just a dream that, you know what, actually includes everyone. And like the Word of God says, is that His, His hope is that all would be saved. All would come into a relationship with God. So sometimes, why do we limit God? We need to go back to that four-year-old state and dream again of what could be. Of what can be. And God will never ask you to do something that you can't do. I love God because every dream that He does put upon your heart, He's actually given you the gift and the ability to achieve that dream. Martin Luther King, he had the gift and the ability to do what he did. Reinhard Bonnke has the gift and the ability to do what he does. Albert Hamilton had the ability to stay in one place and fulfill the call and the dream that God had put upon his heart. Today, what are those dreams that are lying dormant? What are those gifts that you haven't offered up to God? What are those words that were spoken over you? For some, maybe at a young age. For others, maybe they were spoken last week. The desires, the dreams that God has placed in your heart. And as we walk into this next year, start to discover those dreams afresh. If life is yelling at you, take a step back, a moment. Wait upon God. And just say, here I am. Speak again. Today, if you'd just like to bow your heads, close your eyes. I don't know where everyone's relationship with God is today. But I'd love to give you an invitation. Is that God's dream, His desire is to be connected with humanity. To be connected with the multitudes, but more than that, to be connected with you individually. Connected with you individually. And this morning I just want to 
say a prayer and I want to include you in this prayer this morning. If you're sitting here and you're like, I actually don't have a relationship with God. I've actually never started a relationship with God. And if you're like that this morning, could I get you just to raise your hand so I know I'm praying with? Yeah, I see that hand up the back, little one. Even this morning, if you've been sitting there and you're like, you know what, I I know this. I've had a relationship with God, but I've fallen away. My relationship isn't what it used to be, but God, I desire to have that relationship afresh. Today, would you raise your hand as I pray? Yeah, up the back, I see that hand. Thank you. Anyone else? Want to join those two? Lord God, today I thank you. I thank you for those ones that have acknowledged that they want a relationship with you today. But Lord God, for all of us in this place, Lord, renew our relationships. Renew the dreams, the desires that you have for our life. But God, today over those ones that have declared that they want a relationship with you today, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit entwines their life. Lord, that they come into a knowledge of who you are as Lord and Savior. Lord God, today, as they walk through this thing called life, Lord, from this day forth, God, be with them, guide them, show them, Bring them into life, into your purposes. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen.